0: How are you now? How are you now? Um, how are the Montreal Canadiens now? Well, pretty good. If you're on Team Tank, they lose 6-3 to three to the Ottawa Senators uh, in Montreal. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And I would be pissed off about that one, but um, this is one where you, you kind of want them to lose that game. I feel like the run that they've been on recently, just a little bit too... <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm Team Tank, alright, so it was a little bit too good. They, they had to like slow down the winning pace at the very least. Slow down the point pace a little bit. Let's keep ourselves in that top three conversation towards the end of this season. And uh, let's talk about it. What happened in that game? Well, in the first period, I would argue Montreal was clearly the better team. Clearly had a really great shift early on from Brendan Gallagher. He ends up getting a rebound, putting it in. But, of course, there is a challenge for goaltender interference. Mike Hoffman had some contact with Anton Forsberg. And, of course, the Ottawa Senators challenge it. And, of course, you expect, because Brendan Gallagher scored that goal, that it's gonna end up getting called back for interference. But it was pretty clear that Artem Zub had pushed Hoffman into the net. Um, And created that goaltender interference on his own. And in an absolutely shocking move, they ruled it a good goal and awarded the Ottawa Senators a penalty for their challenge for delay of game. Super surprising. Brennan Gallagher never gets those calls. They actually got one right. I'm gonna put the highlight for this one in the uh, in the article for the podcast because this should really become like the standard for the NHL on goaltender interference. If somebody's pushed in like this right here, then it is not goaltender interference. One nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. We're looking pretty good, but like I said, Montreal was the better team in the first period, but Ottawa really started to come on after that goal. Just under five minutes to play, uh, Corey Schooneman unfortunate pass goes straight to Austin Watson he one times it into the net 1-1 We're tied up shots even at 11 but at, at the end of the period but I would again argue Montreal had the better chances they were the better team in that first period game gets a lot more even from there with Ottawa getting arguably the the better overall chances we get a horse shit interference call on Cole Caulfield about seven minutes into the second period Caulfield literally just kind of trying to stay onside, and he just, you know, skates into the middle of the ice and then just stands there and gets run into. Um, and I forget who it was, but he fell, and they call Caulfield for interference, and the Senators immediately score on it. Tim Stutzel basically right off the faceoff uh, puts it in, makes it 2 to 1 for Ottawa. And then Justin Barron gets his first NHL goal in style, gets a rebound up near the point. Right, and he's on the right point and he skates backwards all the way across, starts to come down the boards a little bit, just waits until he has a nice lane to shoot through and he shoots it, ping, off the post and in, two to two what a way to score your first NHL goal, very impressive from him and we're tied up Habs are back in this thing, but then Michael Delzato picks off Yoel Armia at the blue line, skates it down tic-tac-toe over to Brady Kachuk makes it three to two But then, Habs staying in this one. Jordan Harris gets high sticked Habs get a power play of their own. Cole Caulfield standing in his spot. Puck comes over to him. Fake Clapper moves it over a little bit. Takes a sneaky little wrister. Chicken wings Forsberg makes it 3-3. We're tied at 3 going into the third period. A much better game than you would have expected from two teams occupying the basement of the Eastern Conference. And then the third period goes very in favor of Ottawa. Uh, they were still killing off a Nick Suzuki kneeing penalty at the beginning of the third, and the Sens, of course, strike. Josh Norris takes a point shot. It gets tipped by Kachuk and then by Drake Batherson uh, to make it 4-3. to three. And then we had a wildly, wildly soft, delayed penalty being called on Brennan Gallagher. Not at all a hook. I mean, it was a hook by the strictest sense of the word. Uh, but anyways, they put on the extra skater And uh, before the penalty can even be called uh, The Senators keep possession of the puck They go down the ice And Colin White gets the puck as the trailer Has tons of space and a lot of traffic in front of the net Fires it in, makes it 5-3 to three. And then Austin Watson gets uh, an empty net goal Whatever the fuck ever It's 6-3 to three for the Ottawa Senators uh, Final score Got a little bit rough at the end as well um, Look this obviously is not the result that you want to see against Ottawa. I think losing 6-3 to three to Ottawa, if you just look at... Oh, Florida. Florida, uh, sorry guys. I'm, I'm watching also the Florida and Leafs game uh, ending and Florida just scored to beat the Leafs. By the way, the Leafs had a 5-1 lead in that game, so that's funny. So now I'm really not pissed off anymore because that happened um, and that makes me immeasurably happy. <laughs> Anyways... You don't want to lose 6-3 to three to the Ottawa Senators. You obviously don't, right? But if you look at that game and you think, you know, it was 3-3 going into the third, um, they obviously were they were still killing off that penalty. Ottawa has a very good power play. I'll, I'll give them that. And the Montreal Canadiens do not have a very good penalty kill. It's one thing that they absolutely need to work on if they want to have any success in the next couple of years. That's one of the main things they need to fix. Um, obviously, they also need to fix the roster a little bit and get a little bit more skill but I, I would argue that that has to be a main focus for them so the fact that they gave one up there and went down and then they gave up another one after a super like I, I kid you guys not I'm going to put the highlight for that as well in the article and you'll see what I'm talking about a ridiculously soft call in, in a 4-3 game that you're going to call that come on now come on now but this is not about the refs. I'm not going to try to blame the refs for that. Uh, again, I kind of like the fact that they lost because this helps us, right? RWA is a team that's kind of chasing us if you will for, you know, one of those primo spots when it comes to the draft lottery. And the Habs were on a bit of a pace there where they were running the risk of, you know, pushing themselves out of top 3 territory, and I don't think that's good. I think I think we want to be in that top 3 territory. I think we want to get the opportunity Uh, to to have a good shot at Shane Wright and if it's not Shane Wright I would love to get a really good shot at uh, Uriah Slavkovsky Slavkovsky. I I really don't know how to pronounce his name I'm going to have to ask Patrick Bexel about that one he's my expert on European name pronunciations but at the end of the day what I'm trying to say is losing that game is not a bad thing for the Montreal Canadiens so what I want to look at is the good things and I think I'll start with my silver lining of the night which is Justin Barron what a goal what a way to score your first NHL goal! To get the puck on one side of the point, to walk the line going backwards, and then come down and just the the vision there to see when the lane opened up for him to shoot, and then the confidence to take that lane and shoot it, and go off the bar and in. I mean, he's 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 the complete package. I shouldn't say complete package. That sounds, you know, that sounds like um am um, you know, holding him up in comparison to Kale McCarr. I'm I'm not trying to. It's it's just when I look at his skating, uh, his puck handling ability, and the fact that he's very responsible on defense as well so far in his tenure with the Montreal Canadiens. I think he has all of the tools you need. So maybe that's what I should say instead of complete package is that he has all of the tools. I think you can augment some of those tools. I think you can work on some of them and make them a little bit better. But when I watch him play. I'm like there there's definitely a player here. I see why he was a first round pick for the Colorado Avalanche. I see why they were comfortable making that trade. I see it. And you know, I I I honestly wonder is he eventually going to be an effective replacement for Jeff Petrie? And I think so. I think he has the tools, right? Is he going to get to that next level where he could legitimately be, you know, a Jeff Petrie type guy eating up huge minutes on, on your top pair, on your second pair? I don't know. But I think he has all of the tools that you need to get there. So he's your silver lining of the night. Amazing goal. Um, one that he's definitely going to remember for the rest of his life, even if it was a shitty one. I mean, your first NHL goal, I think that's one you're going to remember forever. Uh, but especially the way he scored that one, there's no way he's going to forget it. Great goal. Um, honestly, looking back at that trade after watching this game and watching the last couple of games with Justin Barron in the lineup, feeling much better about that trade every time I watch him play. So, um, good addition for the Montreal Canadiens. Very good addition. I also want to single out, you know, a player that I I, I came close to giving him, you know, the silver lining of the night, even though he didn't get a, on the scoreboard. Uh, Jordan Harris, man, Jordan Harris, his gap control is. Unbelievable. Gap control, fantastic. The way this kid skates also is, you know, it's it's just smooth. He jumped into the rush a few times. He got a pretty good shot on goal at one point in the first period. Um, really good game from him. Sneaky, quiet, good game. Drew a penalty. Uh, he got high sticked. I think I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. I mean, it, it, this is, what, his second game in the National Hockey League. He does not look like a player who's playing his second game in the National Hockey League, he looks very ready. Very, he looks very not out of place whatsoever. And I think he's only going to get better. A guy who skates like that in a Martin St. Louis coach team, he's going to find his minutes. Right? They've been increasingly giving more and more minutes uh, to Alexander Romanov. There's been a massive jump in his minutes since St. Louis took over. And I could see the same thing for Harris. They're gonna, they're gonna ride him for the rest of this year they're going to give him a lot of opportunities and I think he's going to get better I think he's going to get a chance to work with Adam Nicholas he's going to maybe improve some other areas of his game as well including to, in, in addition to the fact that he already has very good skating and we're going to see you know, a very strong player going into next year he could potentially be eating top 4 minutes uh, as early as next year he looks that good right now so there's reason to be excited uh, you know Justin Barron looking great Jordan Harris looking great the Montreal Canadiens blue line If these guys pan out the way that they look like they could, they're in good shape. And then last but not least, we got to look at the forwards real quick. Cole Caulfield, man. What else is there to say? He was standing in his spot. They deed him up perfectly. The Senators knew the puck was going there, and they had a man standing right in his lane. What does he do? He fakes the clapper, just moves a tad to the right, just a smidge, and then fires it in anyways. I mean, good luck stopping this kid. He's figured it out. His confidence is back, and he'll shoot it from anywhere. And if he can't shoot it, uh, he's more than happy to fake one and then move a little bit and get himself that much better of a lane. Love this kid. Love his attitude. Love the fact that he's all smiles all day long. Um, Did not love the fact that he almost got hurt at one point during the game, but uh, he bounced right back, came back out, and ended up scoring. So, you know, the future's bright. Last thing I want to mention, uh, Justin Barron, my silver lining of the night, he did have a scary moment in the third period. He rolled his ankle a little bit, uh, trying to you know, D up with an empty net. I don't know if we need to cue up an injury report on that because there, there was no announcement and he did stay on the bench. I think, I think he went back to the bench and stayed there for the rest of the game, so he didn't go to the room or anything. Uh, but it was a bit of a scary moment. Ankles are not supposed to bend like that, so I really hope he's okay. Um, if there's any doubt, Whatsoever, then I would hold him out of Thursday night's game, just to make sure, because I would personally like to see more of him uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I I really think the best thing for them to do on defense is to have guys like Romanov, Harris, and Justin Barron playing as many minutes as they possibly can. Let's find out what they can do, what they can't do, and what we need to work on. Right, three players that you know so far. I know small sample when it comes to two of them with Harris and Barron. Uh, but I really like what they're doing. I really like Romanov's progression as well. So, for me, for my money, I want to see them, all three of those guys, playing as many minutes as they possibly can. So, hopefully, uh, no ill effects from that for Justin Barron. And we get to see more of him uh, towards the end of this year. I'm going to cut it off there because we're running what? Uh, over 14 minutes. So, c'est an enorme pour les employés We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter. At DrakeMT, drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, I love